Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're invited to I Am The Key One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. But we are here with the cutest one, and that is Jade, the face behind Shiny Pretties on Instagram and TikTok. Hi! Hi, guys! How are you? Wonderful. How are you? Good. I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad you're here. I haven't watched this movie since it was... And for those of you listening, I know I don't like to tell you early in the episode. (laughs) I like to keep it a secret just between the three of us. But we are covering Hitch, and I have not seen it since it was in the theater. I think that it has been that long for me too, Donnie. You'll be happy to know (laughs) I have seen this movie before, but I think the only thing I remembered from it was the basic premise and then the allergy scene. Like I didn't remember anything else. Me too. Jade, had you seen that? I saw it. It was not on my list of favorites because I have the attention span of a gnat. It's surprisingly (laughs) long. Like it's almost two hours. That might as well be like the Lord of the Rings. So (laughs) it was not one of my absolute like favorites, but I did revisit it recently. And I was like, ooh, yeah, Yeah. it's very 2005. Yeah, (laughs) it is very 2005. I, well, I'll, I'll save my thoughts for this movie, but I'm cut from the same cloth as you. I don't think that any movie should ever be longer than 90 minutes. This one was pushing it for me. I still was enjoying myself. I think because this is a Kevin James Stan podcast. So I was pleased with his participation in the film, but it was long. It was very long. It was. It was long. And it felt long. <laughs> yeah. But we'll get into that as well. So, Jade, you did bring up that it was 2005, so I just want to break it down a little bit more. This movie came out February 11th, 2005, just in time for Valentine's Day weekend. As always, it was a Friday when it came out. The top five songs on the Billboard charts were Let Me Love You by Mario, One Two Step by Sierra, Lovers and Friends by Lil Jon, and the East Side Boys, Soldier by Destiny's Child, and Drop It Like It's Hot by Snoop Dogg. Ooh. So if you were to take a time machine, I think this is the week to take it to. Because those are some real bops. And <laughs> Boogeyman, starring Barry Watson, was top of the box office. Wow. Yeah, it was just about a grown man afraid of the dark, which is my life story. So it's not really a horror movie I need to it's watch. It's just an autobiography. <laughs> yeah. 
Before we jump into Hitch, the movie itself, I do want to talk about myself a little bit. Because I was like, oh, (laughs) of course. I was like, oh, uh, pairing people up through, you know, what's that called? Matchmaking. Yes, thank you. Mm -hmm. In middle school, we did that. It was called Data Match. Jade, did you have that at your school? Because Chelsea is making a face where she's never heard of this before. No, we never did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so just my school. All I know is the name, and I already know this is Bonk. So please continue. (laughs) In middle school, we had to fill out a survey and then they like did some kind of technical whatever and paired you with the top 10 people of the opposite sex in your grade based on the answers you got. And then you had to pay like $5 to see who you matched with. Whoa. I feel like I would have done that and it would have been somebody that like wasn't into me. Like, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine the stress of that. I would have paid though. I would have 100% taken a $5 bill out of my mom's wallet and just gone for it. Absolutely. (laughs) I have so many follow-up questions. Was this like a school-sponsored event? Like, was this something that was like raising money for the PTA? Oh, yeah, it was a fundraiser. (laughs) And I had a friend that was a girl that didn't want to do it. So I filled out her survey so that I could buy hers as well and know what boys I matched with. Right. Just as a joke. Just as a joke. joke. Just a joke. (laughs) Yeah, I love that they're just like really ramming heterosexuality down your throats. And now they're like... (laughs) Save the children. (laughs) Meanwhile, you were getting matched with just 10 of the most eligible ladies of your middle school. (laughs) Well, the ones that like Buffy, at least. (laughs) That is truly insane. Uh, That is a lot of pressure to put on middle school students. It's like the OG hinge for preteens. My God. Yeah, I don't know if it was before a dance or what the reasoning was, but... In case you wanted to know the top 10 people you matched with, here it is. I bet there was so much drama. Was there any, like, middle school girlfriend and boyfriends that didn't match with each other? See, I wasn't even in those circles by any means, so yeah. I don't know. That could know. be like a mini-series. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Euphoria Jr. So this movie, <laughs> Hitch, did remind me just because, and we will get into the dating advice that this man, his wisdom that he's imparting on others. This reminded me of, I truly felt like this show was a fever dream, but did you guys watch The Pickup Artist on VH1? No. Oh my God. It was with this guy named Mystery. <laughs> his best friend was Matador. <laughs> It like literally sounds like an SNL sketch that went too far. Are you making it up? No, I promise you this was a thing. (laughs) I will post in my stories about this. And he literally like the entire premise of the show was that he was teaching these down on their luck, nerdy guys how to pick women up. And that was like during the era where like negging was a thing where it was like, all you have to do is tell a woman that she's fat, ugly and terrible. And then she'll like want you. And It was packaged under the guise of the same like queer eye for the straight guy mentality of like, no, we're like helping these men on their path to becoming their truest selves and getting their self-esteem by just totally shitting on women. Like what a time to be alive, honestly. Oh my God. The early aughts. It was wild. The H1 in the early aughts was super wild. So like I can only imagine. I don't know how I missed that one actually because I was really into the H1 during that time period. He also painted his nails black. He wore like a fur pimp hat. <laughs> it was insane. Sometimes he would wear like goggles. It truly, I know it sounds <laughs> like I'm making it up, but it was real. 
It was real. I'm actually just envisioning Raven Simone when you say that outfit. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> what was it called again? It was called the Pickup Artist. I'm literally going to write that down right now. Cuties, <laughs> if you know where we can like stream it, please tell me because I would like to do a rewatch. <laughs> I just made a note. Google is telling me you can watch season two on Apple Music for nine ninety nine. Mm. Season one, you're shit out of luck. But season two, less than $10. <laughs> Lovely. Was that the same plot as Tool Academy? Except they used Guidos instead of nerds? No, because Tool Academy was the guys that already knew how to pick up the girls. These are like nerds who had like never kissed anyone but their mother. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. I'll find out soon enough when I pay this $10 on Apple Music. There you go. But for everybody else, let's take this conversation over to the community at thedip.com. It's a great way to join the conversation, connect with your favorite content creators, and express yourself. And also talk about Matador and what's his name? Matreon? <laughs> Mystery, Donnie. <laughs> Mystery. <laughs> so head over to the dip.com, that's dip with two P's, and join in. Use code SALSA for 75% off. Because you know I will be doing a post about this because also Mystery was really into magic. <laughs> of course he was. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> So, so a little trivia and background information before we get into the recap itself. It was written by Kevin Bish, which I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but I like you little bish. So Kevin, (laughs) (laughs) Jade's going to sign out. I'll say, where is she? Lost connection. (laughs) Goodbye. So it was written by Kevin Bish, who wrote literally nothing else. (laughs) Yeah. Even with nothing else except Hitch under his belt, he was in Fade Magazine's 100 People in Hollywood You Need to Know. When you say nothing else, are we talking like no TV shows, nothing? Nope. Not even an episode of Cheers. Literally nothing. Huh. Yeah. And he has three directing credits coming up, but, like, literally the only thing that you can watch that has already been made is Hitch. Wow. Well, you know, when you (laughs) struck gold, why try again? I I guess. It was directed by Andy Tennant, who directed some pretty good ones. It Takes Two, Ever After, Sweet Home Alabama, and Fool's Gold. Oh. Yeah, that's a, that's like a good line, especially compared to Kevin Bish. Well, yeah. I wonder how that happened. <laughs> how he didn't write anything else? <laughs> how they even linked up? Like, how did that happen? Like, how'd they meet? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Andy Tennant read Fade Magazine. And said, yeah. Oh, I do need to know. Maybe him. they did a match <laughs> quiz in middle school. <laughs> They paid the $5 and the rest is history. No, but they had to use their friend survey or else they wouldn't get paired with another man. (laughs) Oh, God. And a little trivia. Jennifer Lopez turned down the role of Sarah and Cameron Diaz was also considered. And then Eva Mendez was in Will Smith's Miami video as the girl who lip synced Benvenido a Miami. And when she brought this up during filming, he said, I don't remember <gasps> you. I apologize. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's that's when the world started to turn on Will Smith, when he said he didn't know Eva Mendes. Okay. <laughs> 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 Not going to touch that. Yep. <laughs> so that is it for my trivia. Before we let you do a one-minute recap, Jade, I want to know, who do you identify as in this movie? Ooh, you know, honestly, 
I feel like I'm more of a Kevin James. I feel like I'm just bumbly. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I really rely on like my charm, but you know, it's really like dumb luck. Yeah, I think that I do definitely relate to him. I do know what you mean because I too put Kevin James. He's the best one in this movie. He's like the only one with a soul. So I'm happy for the two of you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So that means everyone else is soulless and you did not put yourself in the Kevin James boat. So which soulless creature are you? I didn't. And I hope that my women's studies professors are not listening to this episode because I am Hitch. <laughs> I identify as Hitch. I love to meddle. I love to meddle. I love to give unsolicited advice. I love to wax poetic. I love to talk longer than is necessary. So I'm just, I'm Hitch. <laughs> I love that self-awareness. <laughs> Thank you, Jade. I am a monster. (laughs) (laughs) But at least she knows. Chelsea's not checking in her closets because she knows she'll find herself in there. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Like the boogeyman starring Barry Watson. (laughs) So now we have reached the time, Jade. We'll put one minute on the clock and you can recap Hitch. This is a lot of pressure. Like I said, ADHD queen. So the names, they might be a little bit jumbled, but you're going to get the gist of it. Will Smith is out here giving dating advice. I feel like the advice that he's giving is just very, like, what men typically would want to hear. It feels very GQ article-ish. And it kind of turns on him when he meets Eva Mendez. Um, and it's like every single thing that he had tried to use or tried to teach other people just didn't work on her, of course, in very 2000s rom-com fashion. Mm-hmm. And Kevin James, like you said, really is the only person in the movie with a soul. Like, and he, thank God, ends up getting the girl. And it turns out really that it was kind of like him and every other bumbly man that Will Smith had worked with. It was like their own natural charm and charisma that like got them these women in the first place. It really had nothing to do with Will Smith's advice that he thought he was giving. Like it's it's all in here. It's all in the heart. (laughs) Yeah, and that was a twist I didn't see coming. I liked that at the end. I was like, oh my God, Kevin, it was you all along. Yeah. That was great, Jade. Thanks. And we also don't use names here. So, yeah. so you have come to the right place. Truly. You used actors' names. We might even just say, like, the blonde one, the one in the suit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you are steps ahead yeah, of us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well... Now we have arrived. It is time to recap the movie. So we are introduced to Hitch, a successful date doctor who coaches men how to court women through the third date and the first kiss. Chelsea, you are Hitch, so I feel like you you support his career path. But how is this profession like a necessary course all men should take or is it creepy or both? Okay, so I am hitch in that I like to meddle, but I still am me. And so I'm just going to totally tear this movie apart because (laughs) no, I don't think that it is a necessary course all men should take. I think the necessary course all men should take is therapy, but that's a (laughs) podcast for another day. Everything about this is just a little bit rapey. Like Hitch literally starts out by saying, no matter what, no matter when, no matter who, any man has a chance to sweep a woman off her feet. It's like, instead of how to catch a predator, this is literally how to make a predator. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. 10 out of 10 would agree. (laughs) Yeah, that whole like opening montage was 
literally him teaching men how to lie to women. Like they kidnapped a woman's dog. Right. <laughs> it was messy. It was super messy. I felt very uncomfy. I was like, <laughs> messy. And then like with loose ends, like when they did capture that woman's dog, then he told the taxi to stop so he could act like he had fallen, whatever. All it would have taken is that taxi driver to tell the truth and the jig would have been up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This movie really is like the perfect depiction of 2005 of just the, blatant internalized and just externalized misogyny like this is the same period of time where like tucker max was a thing like the i hope they serve beer in hell book became like a movie too and i love that it's not just hitch teaching men to lie and kidnapping canines but also it's him charging an obscene amount of money to Tell straight men that they should listen when a woman speaks to them. Like, honestly, this might be the most realistic movie I've ever seen. That it, like, takes a man (laughs) being like, no, but listen, bro. If you want to win her over when she's talking to you, you should pay attention and listen. And these men are like, (laughs) mind is blown. A lot of old magazines that I look through because I love collecting magazines from that time period. All of the headlines and everything on there is how to do this, like how to make yourself more appealing. The sexes were just kind of like split, but also teaching them how to be drawn to each other. It was just a very strange dynamic during that time period. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Women's magazine, because I read both. (laughs) Women's magazines taught you like to be the yes woman and like just be like the cool girl, like gone girl (laughs) before... (laughs) Before the twist. (laughs) And then the men's magazines were just like, (laughs) how to come using a tie and a curtain rod. (laughs) Truly, like things like that. I'm not making that up. Because I used to, before I could look at porn, I just used to read men's magazines. Because it was just weird stuff like that. That explains a lot about me. Here I am. (laughs) Well, it also just explains a lot about society that women were like, how to drink a beer and shoot the shit with the guys. And (laughs) men's magazine is like, how to get yourself off using only a dishcloth and Dawn detergent. Truly, a Ziploc bag, Vaseline, and a tube sock. (laughs) Oh, no. I bookmarked that page. (laughs) So we learn in college Hitch had no game and didn't go on many dates and when he finally did start dating someone he quickly became the male version of Catherine Hahn in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days so after his failed relationship he learned from his mistakes and vowed to help other people so I would like to as always talk about myself and in college we know that I too was well not even in college throughout my entire dating life I was Catherine Hahn from How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days But in college, there weren't many options, which is why I was, you know, forced to be with some straight man, break up some marriages, Mm -hmm. things like that. You know, potato, potato. (laughs) Um... Actually, I don't really have a story. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess I just wanted to walk you through that path. Um, because all of my college stories were failed relationships because I pushed too hard. So oh, thank you for sharing, Donnie. <laughs> Glad you got that off your chest. In my notes, I literally write Donnie's poor college dating life. And then in a dash, I guess I was supposed to revisit this outline. I said, which one? <laughs> so so- <laughs> So which one indeed? What was dating like in college for both of you? First of all, I dropped out of college because I could not pay attention and I would 
end up leaving during my class breaks and I would like go to express and just go shopping and like go to Barnes and Noble (laughs) and read like Cosmo UK. That's iconic. Yeah. You know, (laughs) who needs college? Right. When you have express and Cosmo UK. That's literally how I've been living my life. (laughs) I just honestly, I feel like it was just a bunch of like nothing. Everything was fleeting. Nothing had any sort of value to it. Um, But I actually ended up getting married kind of young, which that was a journey. So I didn't really have the fun, like, college dating life that I wish that I did. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. My college relationship was compared to Sammy's sweetheart and Ronnie on Jersey Shore. So I was on the opposite end of the spectrum where no matter how hard I pushed, we were not breaking up. We were just going to be (laughs) screaming at each other in the middle of a bar and then, like, having sex loudly later. So good times. (laughs) Sorry, mom and dad. Love you. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thanks for your support. Rate us five stars. (laughs) Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the Force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of two hundred dollars or more it's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high quality collectibles or you can gift it to that super geek in your life perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that i've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby yoda and again that i refuse to stop calling it baby yoda plus shopping at sideshow earns you five percent back in sideshow rewards meaning for every one hundred dollars spent you get five dollars back in rewards that can be used on future purchases 
While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTE1, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. One day we'll start to get into those stories because they are wild. It's not today? Well... Off the top of my head, there was one fight we got into where we lived at the beach together. Like I've talked about the beach situation, living arrangement. We got into a fight and I was like sitting on this like park bench looking at the ocean and I was going to stay up for the sun to rise. And I actually was like, I was very drunk. I wasn't fighting anymore. I was just enjoying myself. And my boyfriend came out to like try to get me to come into the house. And each time he like took something from me to try to bring me inside. So like the first time he took one of my shoes and stormed off the second time he came back and got the socks and it ended with him ripping my shirt up over my head and storming inside. And so I was just sitting there on the bench, cupping my breasts, waiting for the sun to rise in defiance. That's just like the tip of the iceberg, Donnie. Like we haven't even gotten into my gone girl days. And now I'm in a very stable, happy marriage. So, you know, people can change, including me. See, and now that's the marriage I'm in is the one you just explained. (laughs) He's the one I related to in that story. (laughs) Anyway, that's healthy. So Hitch's newest project is Albert Brenneman, played by Kevin James. (laughs) A clumsy, messy, insecure tax consultant who is in love with one of his clients, Allegra Cole, a famous heiress. But I do want to use this time literally just to talk about Kevin James. (laughs) I have the biggest crush on him. I have been watching King of Queens in a binge-like atmosphere, and I will fight people possibly to the death (laughs) if (laughs) if they don't like King of Queens, because I have King of Queens box set dvd in my living room on display and whenever new people come over they're like why do you own that like because it's fucking good why do you look like that it's like a litmus (laughs) test right out the gate they fail Uh your kevin james test (laughs) they do I have like literally a thousand plus DVDs. So I just have a DVD case. So it's not taking up. It doesn't look like the fucking library in Beauty and the Beast (laughs) where you need a ladder to get around. So for most of it, I just have that. But then for whatever reason, King of Queens and Sex and the City, I decided to keep in the box Mm. set. Like those can't be messed up. But the rest throw in a little box. I love him too. I love the King of Queens as well. My nemesis, which I had forgotten about this, my nemesis, Michael Rappaport, made an appearance in this film. So the appearance of Kevin James, like immediately afterwards, really was like a bright spot in my brain. I love him. I think people thought we were being facetious at first when we were talking about how this is a Kevin James stan podcast. Like, I think that the cuties thought we were being sarcastic. I legitimately fucking love that man. Me too. Kevin James, Kate Hudson, and (laughs) Octavia Spencer. There's no one better. So after we've just basically said, if people hate Kevin James, we hate them. Jade, how do you feel about him? (laughs) I never had much of an opinion about him until I saw Paul Blart, Mall Cop. And when I tell you, I will... I will defend that movie to the death, possibly. I love it. I don't care. I might be the only person in the world. It's like my comfort movie. He's just so tender. Like, he's just a tender man. And I feel like just his personality in general, I feel like that's just who he is. 
He's just a little sweetie, little sweetie bear. I agree. And for the most part, he's like that in every role he plays. However, I was on his IMDb today. This is when I take it dark. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I was on his IMDb today, and there's a horror movie with Joel McHale and a teenage girl. Joel McHale plays the father. Imagine if Joel McHale played the teenage girl. <laughs> Like, um, the hot day. <laughs> no, Joel McHale plays the father to a teenage girl, and they're at a cabin in the woods for, like, a weekend vacation. And Kevin James is a neo-Nazi who, like, comes in and ties them up. And then the girl has to, like, home alone him for the rest of the movie. Oh, my God. I can't wait. I want to see this it. This is coming out, or it has come out? It's already out. What's it called? I'm putting that on my list with the pickup artist. What's that called? <laughs> it's called Becky. Becky. Yeah. I'm literally writing this with a red big pen. Like, Becky, the pickup artist. Okay. But I didn't watch Becky, so I can't tell you if it's good or not. We'll find out together. I can't imagine too. him in that role. Let's talk about <laughs> Albert, though, his character in this movie for a moment. Yeah, I guess we can talk about the yeah, movie. Now that we've talked about <laughs> Becky, let's talk about Hitch, which we are here to do. I know that Albert is sweet. Like he is truly the only person, like we've said, with a soul. But this man is a stalker. Like we have to call it like we see it. This man is a stalker. When we meet him, he is literally collecting little newspaper clippings to keep up with what Allegra is up to. He's a stalker. Yeah, he is. That was kind of normalized back then. I say back then like it was a thousand years ago, but it kind of was. That was kind of acceptable behavior, I feel like, which is so scary and so yuck. It explains a lot of as to how we are where we are <laughs> today. So after losing his job during their first arranged meet-cute, Albert gets a meeting with Allegra. So the two go to a fashion event together, which is a huge success. But first, Albert has a full day of learning the tricks of the trade. Where to touch a woman's back, being honest with her, impressing a woman's best friend, and possibly most importantly, dance lessons. So the dance lesson today was To Yeah by Usher, which we all know, I know, a choreographed dance, whipped it out of prom, whipped it out of blue-gray. Yeah, like, <laughs> does something to me in the inside. So I loved this scene. But we learned that Albert's go-to moves are making the pizza and the Q-tip. Do you have any, like, go-to, we'll say dance moves, but I don't know that you can call these dance moves, interpretive dance? In college, and even now, like, when my friends get together for a party weekend, we play a game called Dancing Thumper. So it's the same rules as Thumper, except you put on house music. And then, do you know the rules of Thumper, Donnie? No, never heard so of So it's... So in traditional Thumper, it's a drinking game. So first of all, you start out by saying like, what's the name of the game? Thumper, why do we play to get fucked up? And then everybody has a hand signal and you do like your hand signal. So it could be like you like stick out your tongue, you <laughs> pretend like you're sucking a dick, whatever. You do yours and then another person's. Then if uh, yours okay. is called, then you do yours and another person. But we do dancing thumpers, so we put on house music, and then we each have our own like signature dance move, and then you do yours and another person, and things escalate quite quickly. So I don't have a good one, but my brother's is always <laughs> throwing the die because he does it, mm. and then he throws the die, and then the second part of the dance move is he shovels away and collects the die, which like you know, <laughs> twelve beers in is a very fun experience for everybody. So same vibes as <laughs> old Albert, really. Thumper sounds chaotic, and I like that. Before we started recording, you told Jade like just make sure you don't touch the table, <laughs> and then here, <laughs> here you are banging on it. 
But that's well, fun. that's how it feels in your brain when you play Thumper, Johnny. <laughs> Got it. Um, I was partial to the ATM, which is a two-person dance, actually, because first I would go to the ATM like this, boop, 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 and then pull out the money, pull out the money. And then as I'm pulling out the money, my friend Jody would come behind me with a fake <gasps> gun to my back, and then I would do this, <laughs> and then pay her the fake money and run. And we, like, did this at prom. We did it at our dance party. Wait, Donnie, you've done it again. This is a podcast experience. So when Donnie said, and then I do this, he was putting his hands up in the air. But with jazz hands. With jazz hands. <laughs> Jade, did you have any? Um, These aren't really dance moves, I'm saying. <laughs> like, I'm saying the word dance moves, but Chelsea's mimicking rolling dice and I'm mimicking being held at gunpoint. So a dance move, do you have one? <laughs> so I'll, this is a completely transparent moment. I will reveal something that I've never revealed. I think I've, I've talked about it before, like very sparingly, but it's fine. So I was a stripper in like the late 2000, it was like around like 2011, 2013-ish. And okay. I tell you, that's the only time I've genuinely like danced in public and I didn't even dance. Do you know what I did? I would get on stage and I would just kind of roll around. <laughs> I would just sort of roll around on the stage and stretch. That was literally my only dance moves. I, love that. I would just be kind of coy like mm, and just kind of like stretchy like a cat. I was literally like a cat. I love a gimmick. Yeah. My stage <laughs> name was Aurora and she was just very lazy and it was just a lot of like it was, you know what? It was house music, kind of. It was a little bit thumper. <laughs> so that's the only experience that I genuinely have, like, dancing in public. Otherwise, I won't do it. I absolutely won't. You won't catch me dancing at a club. I wish I could. Wow. The only thing I'd know how to do is just get on the floor of the club and just roll around. It would be like, ma'am, no. The little kitty cat. I think that is so <laughs> iconic. Every word you just said is perfection because really what you're saying is I'm not going to dance unless I'm being paid. And even if I'm being paid, I'm going to do what I want to do and I will take your money. Thank you. I love that <laughs> so much. It was a wonderful time, actually. Oh, my God. No regrets. No regrets. It sounds wonderful. My friend in grad school, her roommates all stripped through grad school and they each had their own gimmick. And same deal. Like one of them looked really young, which is a little creepy when you think of it, but she just got to like bop around kind of awkwardly and she made bank. Their other roommate, her whole shtick, which was not a shtick, it was just her actual personality was just she was such a bitch to everybody. So she could like do whatever she wanted and then if people were like dance or whatever, she would like go up and just berate them and they would just like throw her 20s. <laughs> it sounded amazing. I love wow. it. I love it. Now I need to know what my stripper gimmick would be. The ATM machine. <laughs> and Except I make people throw their money at me when I pull it out. Uh, <laughs> so meanwhile, while this is happening, Hitch is finding himself interested in Sarah Melas, a hardworking, cynical gossip columnist played by Eva Mendez. After asking her out over a walkie-talkie... I'm going to interrupt you. I'm so sorry, Donnie. I know we're going like line by line here. I need to know where he got these walkie-talkies because this range is unparalleled. This man is just strutting down the street, chatting away into a walkie-talkie. Voice is crystal clear. My only experience with walkie-talkies is that in middle school, my friend and I watched Now and Then and got inspired. Mm. So we saved up our babysitting money so we could like talk to each other from our rooms. Spoiler alert, we got the walkie talkies. We did not have the range. We had just wasted our money. They did not work. 
So I was like, I need to know where Hitch is going. Like Radio Shack, Best Buy, where are you getting this, Hitch? The FBI, it had to be. <laughs> he essentially had a cell phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was the chirp. Yeah. <laughs> the walkie-talkie equivalent now is baby monitors, which mm. is just a slippery slope. When Tani and his husband came to visit, I did make a point to remove the baby monitor from their room like even if it's turned off you just never know but my family likes to play a little game where they go into the baby's room like when they do a diaper change or something and talk passively aggressively to the baby knowing i can hear it so it'd be like (gasps) you know they're changing the diaper and then they'll be like oh look your little tootsies are so cold don't you wish mommy would put socks on and it's just like well okay so i guess this is the game we're playing (laughs) you also like to go on your podcast and talk about the people you know are listening so i think you play the game just fine (laughs) okay okay touche touche So Hitch asks her out over a walkie-talkie where they go jet skiing to the Statue of Liberty. Unfortunately, he kicks her in the face by accident off of the jet ski and into the water. This, I'm going to put a pause. This is cause for a breakup. The Hudson River is not safe to swim in. The water is toxic. This is gross. He just gave her cancer. Like, end the date right here, please. Agreed. There was a girl recently, like, did you see that? She was on TikTok, like, swimming in the Hudson River. And everybody was like, girl, no, what? What What are you doing? No. Yes, I don't know yeah. why. And then I got nervous. I was like, where did they film this water scene? Did they film it in the Hudson River? Was Will Smith and Eva Mendes there in that water? It was 2005. They didn't give a toot. <laughs> like, yeah, Hudson You're River. Right. Sure. But everything about this date was fucked up because they go swimming in the Hudson River. They definitely are either going to become a superhero or a supervillain, depending on what <laughs> chemicals were in the water that day. But then he like makes her sob by bringing her to see the signature of one of her serial killer relatives. <laughs> and all I have to say is like business is going to be booming for old Hitch when he learns about 23 and me. <laughs> it was quite a date. Sarah is writing an article about Allegra Cole's mystery man. And when she finds out Hitch is the one who got the tickets for Allegra and Albert to attend the fashion show, she invites him to dinner with her and her boss so they can pump him for answers. They ask him how he knows Allegra and Albert, and he denies knowing them. But after eating some seafood, he has an allergic reaction so bad that he looks like a claymation special. (laughs) It was tough to look at. I know why this was the only part of the movie I remembered, because... It's haunting. (laughs) It's very haunting. I could have found myself in a hitch Benadryl situation, though, because when my husband, Dr. Bald, not a medical doctor, just a man that went bald at 22, when we started dating, he later told me that on our series of first dates, so like the first like 10 dates we went on, he as a child was like deathly allergic to a lot of things, like anything mold-based. So like cheeses, mushrooms, he was allergic to everything. He decided during this period of time in his life that he probably wasn't allergic to things anymore. And so unbeknownst to me, on our first dates, he was testing out his allergies when we were out to dinner. So like he would order like fettuccine Alfredo to see if that type of cheese was okay. And then he would have like a side of this type of cheese at our next date. And then maybe a little cute charcuterie board at our next date. It's like, I am also not that bitch. Like I am the type of person that if you are in a medical emergency, 
I will not help you. I will be fainted on the ground. So when he told me this, like several years later, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Luckily, he was right in his little spidey sense to know that he was no longer allergic to things. But like, could you imagine you're like out to like a third date with somebody and they just start (laughs) dying? No, I can't no. imagine that. Absolutely not. Did he bring EpiPens on the day? No. Or he just risked he it? He just risked it. Wow. He was like, I'm sure the restaurant would have had something. You're <gasps> sure? Okay. Oh Is that God. the way we're going through life? <laughs> so whenever I do anything particularly unhinged, I just remind him of that. And I'm like, we are two sides of the same coin, my friend. So <laughs> settle down over there. My husband was allergic to strawberries when I met him. And... Ours is like the opposite of that. At some point, he had stopped being allergic to strawberries, but he didn't want to test it. Like a normal person. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Except when he finally did. And then he was like, oh, my God, I'm not allergic anymore. How long has this been an issue? I was like, I don't know. But now I'm mad. I have to start sharing chocolate covered strawberries with you. When the past like eight years, we had set this up that this was not the case. (laughs) And we know I don't share well. Especially food. So Hitch gets Benadryl drunk, and while he's able to keep most of his secrets, he does spill that Albert and Allegra are going to the Knicks game the next night. This whole scene of him being Benadryl drunk, I was so stressed out, like, what he was going to reveal. But then you saw that we still had an hour left, and you said, oh, must not be Yeah, mine. which I love that in true form of this podcast, we are going to zoom through that last hour in, like, one sentence, because that's just our MO here. So don't worry, Jade, we're not keeping you for another hour to talk about scene by scene, because we just like to go through, like, the first half of the movie, and then we're like, and then this happened, and the movie's over. Bye. No, that's just how movies are, though, because Broadway musicals are the same thing. The first act is, like, an hour and 15 minutes and then the second act is 45 mm. so the back half of a story just zooms out once back. you're down the hill it just flows yeah yeah <laughs> but him like inadvertently revealing information and i'm so sorry jade we're just like really unpacking a lot of like relationship <laughs> stuff this episode so welcome to the party welcome to the chaos but <laughs> the first time that dr bald and i told each other we loved each other I had gotten blacked out on Four Locos, which (laughs) won a moment in time, the original formula of Four Loco. Oh, God. I'm sure in 10 years, I'm going to have superpowers, much like the Hudson River from consuming those. (laughs) If Dr. Baldwin had started to die, you could have just poured some Four Loco in it. Then he would cough back (laughs) up. Honestly. I'm here. I'm here. So we had drank Four Locos. I woke up the next morning and was like one of those wake-ups where it's like, what year is it? Where am I? What's my name? What has happened? And Dr. Baldwin was being super cute and like you know, extra lovey. And he's like, you know, last night was so special. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, fuck. And I'm like, um, I don't really remember going to bed. Like what happened? And he's like, oh, I, I told you that I loved you last night. And me, a person who knows that I love this man and is excited to hear this information for realistically the second time, but in my brain the first time, I could have been like, oh my God, I'm so excited. But instead, my reaction was to say, oh, what did I say? And he was like, "Um, well, you said you loved me too. And then he says it was like 20 seconds. I think it was about two. But I was like, oh, yeah, I do. And then we like, you know, moved on with our day. And now we're married with two kids. But not my (laughs) finest moment for sure. Wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
You are one of the characters without a soul. <laughs> Nothing to say after that. Yeah, on. moving on. <laughs> moving on after that. So with that knowledge on hand, Sarah goes to the game to get photos of Albert and Allegra, but she's also working on another story. Her friend Casey was victim to a one-night stand that had a bad setup with the date doctor. So after some research, she finds out Hitch is the date doctor, and she confronts him at his apartment, but first spend five minutes being passive-aggressive. And this is really when Sarah won me over, because I was like, she could have, <laughs> she could have just went in and said, like, like, you're a piece of shit. This is why. She could have said, I'm writing this article. Here it is. You fool. Look at this. But no, she went in and she was just a bitch for five minutes while he was cooking her this dinner. And this is my argument style of choice. I thrive in this environment. <laughs> I felt like Sarah was my hitch. And she was teaching me how <laughs> to be in a relationship in this scene. I was like, yes, Sarah, feed it into my veins. I would literally only probably choose that moment to completely like reveal something and spoil something when someone was doing something nice, like cooking a dinner for me. I'd be like, you know what? (laughs) Actually, this is my time to shine. This is what I've been trained for. (laughs) My husband and I fight a lot. No spoiler alert there. Everybody knows it. But there have been gifts that made it all the way until a birthday or Christmas. But I don't think there has been one Christmas or a birthday without one gift at least being ruined because we're in a fight. And the other one just says, well, like, well, that shirt you wanted is on the way. Like, (laughs) every single holiday, at least one gift gets ruined like that. So I do love a sassy reveal. (laughs) So Sarah does the expose on him for her paper, including his client list. So Hitch explains to her that he helps people get out of their own way so they're able to fall in love and he had nothing to do with the sleazeball that slept with her friend. Allegra assumes everything about Albert was fake, so she breaks up with him and then Hitch tells him it's probably for the best and that he should just stop opening himself up to love. At this point, I said, is Hitch a Pisces? (laughs) Because... (laughs) Because... First, I thought I connected with Sarah, but then this scene happened. And I was like, "Oh, this is major Pisces energy." Now I'm hit. I just love <laughs> that he completely is just a little whiny baby bitch. Like it doesn't go his way, and so he's just like, "Fuck it, I hate everybody." <laughs> yeah, love isn't real. But he'll still collect that check. <laughs> it's just like the government. It's tax time, baby. Pay up. <laughs> So Allegra learns the things that she likes most about Albert are not Hitch's tips, and it's 100% Albert, so she takes him back. Hitch opens up to Sarah about wanting to be miserable with her, if that's what it takes for him to be happy, and they live happily ever after. After he sees that she's currently with someone in the car and throws himself on the front of the car because he thinks they're dating. And now I have to say, Cruel Intentions has ruined me because I thought Hitch was going to die when this happened. And I didn't hate it. Like, I love a good sad ending out of nowhere because I thought that was Sarah's new boyfriend. It was her brother-in-law for whatever reason. Just, Just a little twist, but... I was like, oh, she's with a new man. There's no way out of this in the writer's room except to kill Hitch. (laughs) Yeah, imagine that it just ends with Hitch laying on the ground dead. (laughs) And everybody that was at the wedding, like, it's still the exact wedding scene, but it's his funeral instead. (gasps) But they still do the dances. But then the Hudson River water rushes through him and he rises from the dead. Oh, wow. 
I think you just wrote the sequel. Yeah. Well, Donnie, what a segue, because final thoughts, if we were to have a sequel, what would the plot be? Or who would we cast in a remake? I casted Yaya Abdul-Mateen II. If you don't know who he is, I'll send you his photo. He was in the new Candyman. He was in Watchmen. I post him in my stories at least once a week in some sort of various form of undress. He is very hot, very charismatic, and would be perfect as Hitch. And then I cast Rosario Dawson as Sarah. I cast myself (laughs) as Albert. And then I cast Nico Tortorella as Allegra. So that we could have our love interest. Well, now this is getting a little self-indulgent, but okay. Well, here's the thing. First, I typed fat actors in their 30s and nobody came up. And then I was like, wait a second. (laughs) I know one. (laughs) What about you, Jade? I'm going to be controversial here. And I'm going to say I absolutely cannot fathom rebooting. Any stretch of the imagination. I don't think that this is something that I could get on board with a remake of. I just, I, and I racked my brain. I just, I can't. See, you said you were being controversial. I think that we are the controversial ones for wanting to keep this alive. I think you're doing just fine. I think our <laughs> listeners are like, finally, a guest who gets it, who understands and is on the pulse of reality. Because, okay, following that up, What is not based in reality is the plot of the sequel that reading back right now, I don't know if I had taken an excess of Benadryl when I wrote this, but this is just batshit. So I have the sequel taking place with a dating app that is a shady algorithm that allows guys to hack the system and match with their dream girl. But this will turn into a thriller when a woman hacks into the algorithm and is able to match with men who have scorned her clients, taking them out and murdering them one by one. <laughs> that movie sounds great. It's nothing like Hitch. But <laughs> well, her name is Hitch. Oh, God. Who is she played by? She's played by you, Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> you typed in fat actresses in their 30s. I'll watch that after I watch Becky. <laughs> it's a companion piece. <laughs> it is. So final, final thoughts. I mean, we've touched on a lot of it, but what for us aged well, if anything, and what aged like Blockbuster about this movie? Um, The dance routine to Yeah aged well for me. And... Kevin James' charisma, I think, is timeless. I don't think there will be any generation that watches a Kevin James production and says, no, he's not for me. (laughs) Okay. Love that for you. We know what doesn't age. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd say, like, about 97% (laughs) just hasn't really come to this year. But one thing I will say, I love a good anaphylaxis scene. And that, for me... Chef's kiss. Just absolutely <laughs> wonderful. I would watch somebody, and I, I don't mean like in a, um, you know, in a, a, a deadly sort of way. Clearly, I want someone to have an EpiPen. But like, I'll watch somebody have an allergic reaction all day long that tickles me to no end. Oh, my God. Just because I can say I found out this year that I'm allergic to grapes. I've been eating them my entire life and just thought that they were so juicy, <laughs> that they were so juicy, that they would just make your throat tickle. <laughs> My fiance was like, no, that's anaphylaxis. Oh, my God. So what's your favorite kind of 
What's your favorite kind of allergic reaction? Like in others, like if you were to get pure joy of Chelsea having an allergic reaction right now, what would happen to her? Just a seafood <laughs> allergic reaction, face just blown up, can't understand what she's saying. Very like Alana in Broad City, would not stop eating the crab legs. Like I eat that up. Like, I, I just do. So if my husband had gone on dates with you in the beginning, you would have been <laughs> the perfect contender. I would have been like, keep going. Can you get him some mushrooms? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, okay. I think that in addition to all of that, I do think the one last thing, just to, you know, bring it down for one final note. The homophobia, it's very 2005, but this truly was Kevin James' like warm up act to I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Like that scene with the key mm. jingling on the doorstep, all of that was a little bit like, okay, I remember 2005. Men couldn't like express any sort of positive regard to their friends without being like, no homo, no homo, bro, no homo. Now I will say, Chuck and Larry. I support you 100%. But the kissing scene, I almost feel like he reacted, obviously, that a band kissed him. But the reaction in his words were only like, you're supposed to come 90, I'm supposed to come 10. So like, I do understand the homophobia lines there, but I've been a lot more triggered watching other things than this. Like this, it went right over my little gay head. I'm happy. (laughs) I'm sorry for bringing it onto your gay little head. You're forgiven. Thanks. <laughs> now eat some seafood. Jade and I want to laugh at you. <laughs> uh, well, that is it. Next week, we'll be covering Center Stage. Before we leave, Jade, let everyone know where they can follow you. Guys, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Shiny Pretties. I'll be sporadically posting all the weird nostalgia stuff that you can handle. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. I know that we are... <laughs> whatever we want to be. So so we really do thank you for coming and spending this hour with us. I appreciate this so much. This is what I needed to end the day with. I'm going to go watch that episode of Broad City. And I'm going to watch <laughs> Becky and watch the pickup artist. And I'm excited. I'll let you watch Becky first, though. If you say it's bad, I probably won't dabble, but it looks good. I feel like I talked about Becky more than this movie, so we'll just call it a day. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will talk to you later. Love Love you like a sister. sister. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash I Am The Cute One. And go to I Am The Cute One.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk, Talk to, to you later. later. Love Feel you like, like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.